Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chips and Bits podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Myers, and with me today is my very special guest star, Matthew Anderson. Matthew, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Matthew, how are you doing today? Uh, today, not too bad. Thanks for asking. How are you doing today? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not having a, a, the greatest day, but I'm not having the worst day I've ever had. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I feel like that's pretty much all you can ask for these days. That's pre- Yeah, it pretty much is. I feel like there's just like every hour is like something bad public like publicly and then maybe something good personally and then it switches off the next two hours it's very weird yeah uh we have a patreon we have a website chips-and-bits.com which you can find all this stuff our patreon our itunes review we got a new itunes review recently and it made matt and i's fucking month like we were just so delighted and we got a new patreon too and uh one of many millions obviously but yes you know it just feels nice even one out of a million is is always nice so after begging and pleading for roughly six years we got a new itunes review yeah and i mean it was worth the wait to be honest yeah it was a good review it was a good review uh and with that i guess i'll cue up the intro music ready one two three our pod our podcasting tool gives me sound effects now just the worst i'm gonna have to write them about this product decision i think (laughs) it's so good Uh, all right music time Kenny, you're you're awfully hot today. The mic? Yes. Is it hot? Yes. I'll turn it down. How about now? Better. All right, cool. Well, we'll fix it in post, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's for. <laughs> today, Matt, today we are talking about uh, finally another Switch game. We've got one on our one on our uh in our docket, which was Luigi's Mansion. And today we're talking about Paper Mario, which, before we proceed into uh, this this podcast, I would like the audience very much to know that this was very much my decision to push this game. And whatever comes forth beyond this point, and based upon some of the text I read, I have no idea. I'm kind of clear. Uh, we're going to talk about Paper Mario. Yeah. So, Matt. Yes, sir. What did you think of Paper Mario? Well, that is, uh, that's a big question. I think, uh, well, that's good. Cause we have 30 minutes to talk about it. Excellent. Cause you know, I'll, I'll, as always, I'll do my best to sort of sum it up in a, in a short thought, and then we'll get a chance to talk more about that in detail. I would say, you know, Paper Mario is a, uh, a cute, fun, challenging, um, intricate, intricate, witty, uh, different, uh, happy, fun game for 10 year olds. <laughs> okay. That's what I would say. Why would you say that? Uh, because for adults, it's the exact opposite. 
Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously an adult, and I, I don't debatable. feel that way. Debatable. Well, how, well, first, I mean, what's an adult, Matt? Let's define that. Okay. An adult is um, someone that has already lived through childhood, and so they come to expect different things in life. Uh, for example, when they um, pick up a video game, they expect to be given a single tutorial, know how to play the game, and then be able to play the game. That's something that an adult would expect. That's not what you get with Paper Mario as an example. Instead, you get tutorials for every single action that you take in the game for the entire 30 hours of gameplay that you'll be playing. You get them repeatedly. You get them as reminders. uh, And you get them over and over again. They're forced upon you. You can't skip them. Uh, And furthermore, they're embedded into the text delivery in the game, which is slow, comes with a sound that sounds like this. That you can't skip. Um, and you have to wait until it finishes and then press A to progress. Uh, that's the first example. Just off the top of my head, that's just the first example of something that an adult may expect from a video game these days. Okay. So you didn't like that there was a tutorial. And you think no, that... I didn't like the difference... that the game was a tutorial. <laughs> and the constant tutorialness of it, uh, you think is the difference between adulthood and childhood. No, no. I think that's an, that's an, an example of... Uh, what an adult may expect of a video game that I didn't get from this one. I mean, this is a Nintendo game. It is. So they are notorious for their very long tutorials. Apparently, but, you know, since I don't play many of the games, and I certainly, this is only the second one we've reviewed, so my exposure to it, uh, I believe, will be far less than yours. I didn't come into it with any particular expectations of how much hand-holding I would receive or not. And I've certainly played other games that aren't Nintendo games that are geared, you know, more towards a younger audience that I have not had that experience with. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the comparison also between things like, uh, you know, like a Pixar film or something where you watch it and like, obviously it's made for kids, but you know, there's some jokes in there that only adults, you know, it's, it's also enjoyable for the rest of the people that will be forced to watch it. Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I, that's how I feel about it. Uh, I contest the fact, I think this is like a Pixar film made, you could argue it's made for families, not necessarily like, I, I feel like there's a lot of really good jokes in this thing where they make a lot of meta jokes about Mario games and toads and all the things that they do. Um, I think, uh, one, one toad even makes a joke about obsessive compulsive disorder, which is definitely not a 10 year old thing to talk about. Unless, of course, that 10-year-old has obsessive-compulsive disorder. I thought the writing was really good. I thought the game was, like, really... The tutorials were fine. I, I guess I'm just used to, like, that idea. But for me, like, it was just l- so much levity and joy and love of, like, the franchise put in everything. And so ridiculous and over-the-top and how it approached things. I actually saved... This is the one game I've ever used intentionally, the Switch screenshot uh, thing, because I just thought there were so many cool little parts. Uh, I really liked the battle system, but it didn't really evolve past its first point. It did get a little more challenging, uh, but it wasn't necessarily... Uh, super challenging. And in fact, I do think it got a little slow towards the end. I do agree about the dialogue speed. Uh, That was definitely slow. And I could have had it speed up. But I feel like the humor was really good. And the 
Olivia was just such a like positive character in a time when there's very few, like just making jokes that essentially like she's about to go down this pessimistic path. Uh, she's a paper origami. The premise of the game is uh, there's an origami king uh who appears and captures, of course, Princess Peach and turns, you know, the land into an origami invaders. And it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Olivia is the king's brother who strives to stop him. Uh, and her story ends like it doesn't end like it ends sadly. Like it doesn't end, you know, it, it's kind of a tragic game in that regard. But it there's, has such- lots of sacrifice in this game. There is, and it's really sweet, endearing sacrifice. It's so weird. I get that the game, like, the tutorials can be overkill, but I've played plenty of Nintendo games that I just learned to sort of skip through them. Uh, But to me, like, that doesn't really... That's such a small part of the experience. Like, being able to go on the sea or like the, the jokes that the characters were cracking as they were walking along or like what they would make fun of themselves. Bowser was making parenting jokes. So, like, so I had one of the I funniest have... fucking things I've like, he was talking about it. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into my parenting style. He literally makes a joke about his parenting style and how hard it is to raise like the little Bowser. I think your philosophy, your statement, sir, that this is a game for children is, is woefully, uh, uh, woefully unprepared in that it has very little evidence to support that it is an adult can't enjoy this game. Okay. So I I have in my notes, uh, I have a quote written in my notes to not forget to mention that there was one really great joke in this game. And I have it in quotes. And it says, not to get too deep into my parenting choices, but you have to let kids take chances. And that's the line you're just referring to that Bowser makes in reference to Junior Bowser. And I thought that was like, that actually was the one line in the whole game where I was like, that's pretty, like, that's, that's the Pixar line. That, that to me is what I was looking for to try and, you know, keep me pulled and invested into the story. Any of the other references that you're making, um, and again, this could absolutely be because of my lack of exposure to many of the other franchises in recent memory, but I didn't recognize any callbacks or references or things that were really, you know, over the top. It all just seemed completely superfluous. And furthermore, because I had, it had trained me to when, as soon as dialogue boxes came up, just like continue hammering a, just keep hitting a, because I could read it before I skipped it. I wasn't really paying as much attention as I probably should have been to the rest of the dialogue to catch like innuendos. So, the, you know, the rest of the, it just skipped on right by to me. The, the examples that you're looking for, which are, to me, were way more problematic than just the tutorial or how I felt it was just, um, it was too hand-holding in its approach. I will give you a perfect example of it. There's a level in which you're playing in the desert. And, you know, to pause for a moment and, and again, give just a quick moment of praise to a certain aspect of this game. All the, the levels as Kenny alluded to, the game looks great. Like the, the aesthetic and how they blended uh, 3d with the 2d and the paper versus, you know, realism. It's really uh, a joy to see. And, you know, the, the visuals are super impressive. This one particular level I'm going to reference, you're in the desert. And when you start, uh, the sun's been taken out of the sky. And so the desert's totally, totally dark and all the sand is purple and, you know, it looks really uh, scary and you end up, putting the sun back in the sky. And when you do that, you come back out and you're exploring the same, 
level that you were before, but it looks bright and orange. Like everything is you know, a completely different color. And it felt like you were playing a different level, even though it was the same thing. So there's some really good um, work there that I was able to appreciate. And it was super fun. In order to get the sun back in the sky, though, you have to, you have to go around the, 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 the map and find the ways to take these four towers, these toad towers, which are incredibly phallic, mind you. And you have to adjust the toad towers so that they rotate and an eyeball in the toad shines a laser to a platform. And if the four lasers uh, converge, then you'll, get, you'll, you'll unlock the next area to be able to go down into this dungeon uh, or temple. So when you are progressing towards aligning the first tower all along the way, Every time that you're making a step, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be turning this tower. It was completely obvious. So I get if the first time through, they're expecting you know, a kid or a family to be playing through this game, and they, they coach you through the first one. Like, hey, maybe we should go over here and find out if there's a way to adjust this tower. Well, you do that. And then it's like you get to the tower, and Olivia says, whoa, looks like this tower moved. I wonder if that means anything. Maybe we should try moving the other three towers. You're like, yeah, okay, cool. So then you go to the second tower and you you align that tower and you come back to the platform. It's like, whoa, this tower moved too. I wonder if we should try to adjust the remaining two towers. And I'm not kidding you. It, that happens for tower three and tower four to the point where every single time you've adjusted a tower, like you definitely understand the game mechanic here and what you're supposed to be doing. It's t- for the sake of, I don't know what, they're continuing to instruct you on what you should try to do next when if you've made it this far it's absolutely obvious what you've done so far you don't need instruction at that point and that was all throughout the game that's just an example of that that i remember you know happened to remember to write down in which it was blatantly obvious but it, that happened all throughout the game and it was just absolutely tedious and irritating i couldn't get past it most of the time you like mentally couldn't get past that block to enjoy the rest of the game. Yeah, like, it was like, so like every it, like, time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because there's so many enjoyable things that I am now about to list out to you uh, in full form. Also, one of the funnier jokes in the game is when the tower, the first one like starts shaking and they fall over like the toad tower. And then Olivia acts. It's it's per- like she, she falls over and she says, Oh, wait a minute. I, I don't, I don't know. I float. Gonna... Yeah. I float. Yeah. It was funny. Like it, was, sure. it wasn't like it wasn't laugh out loud funny like the ba- the Bowser parenting jokes, but it was fucking funny. And none of them. Uh, were. The Bowser parenting joke was the only laugh out loud moment. No, that's not true at all. It all is. right, let's talk about a couple of these things. Cool. What about the guys who have the can opener party with the can opener now leading up to it? But they just sit and they really fucking love like sitting and having their can opener. Yeah. Or like- what about the singing trees in the very first level where all of a sudden? this giant song busts out out of nowhere and giant songs busting out of nowhere is a theme in this game. That's really funny and really recurring. And the songs are all like ridiculous. They have ridiculous choreographs, choreographed numbers, uh, and their rewards for like figuring a puzzle out and such like that. Like those are like, those are those. I laughed at loud at those. Like that was funny. I thought the trees singing was excellent. Um, and I thought it was pretty clever and it definitely put a smile on my face to be honest with you, even though that was, I think it was in the first area of the game, it feels like that happened five months ago. Like that, that's how long it feels like that particular moment in the game happened. And the we're next speaking, speaking of the sand level, what about when you were doing the disco dance with the toads with holes in their faces? There's literally a disco ball that you were dancing to. Yeah, that was, that was fine. Out. And the fine. DJ and like you pick the song. It's hilarious. Let alone all the bosses in the game are like, 
household objects to make origami and they all have ridiculous dialogue which at one point olivia points out that their dialogue is like really tacky <laughs> like like there's hipster uh pencils like colored pencils that like uh when you kill it it says i liked your platforming games better like there's so many moments like that yeah uh, i mean i don't know man i just i can't like i'm as you're saying this i'm like yeah i remember the colored pencil boss that was pretty cool um you know like when you say these things it's like yeah that was cool but like i guess what about shy guys finish last is that the game show that's the game show that was probably my least favorite part of this game oh i could tell you my least favorite part of this game like hands down so let, let's let's stop on this shy guys thing. so shy guys finished last is this game show that crops up maybe two or three levels from the last bit yeah. and when you when you approach it this is what this is what happens you have to this it's like a game board like one of those old style uh, style tv game shows and you know it randomly goes across the jeopardy board and you have to hit a and then one of the things will get picked you're trying to score 100 points yep um the ones that you can have, you have 10 point, 30 point, and 50 point options, if I remember. 20 the, point. Or, yeah, okay, 10, 30. okay, 10, 20, and 50. The 50 point versions of these things are nearly impossible to do. So you're, you're, you're going to have to do almost the entire board to get to 100 points. The, the 20 and the 10s are a lot more easy, but you have to do a lot more of them. Keeping in mind that as you're going through this, Every single one of them is so painfully slow. You have to wait for the dialogue. Then you have to wait for the animation to pick the sequence. Then you have to wait for like the cut scene. Then you have to wait for them to instruct you every time what you're about to do. Because again, the whole game is a a tutorial. They're going to tell you how to play each of these categories, what you have to do. So this just playing this game probably takes half an hour to 45 minutes out of your life. And then the first time that you get through it, you're like, oh my God, I finally scored 100 points. And then they go, cool. Now, in order to progress, you're going to have to play one more game and it's sudden death. So if you don't get this question right, you have to do that that painful thing you just did. You're going to have to do it all over again. That's not true. Yes, it they is. Gi- no, they give you the option to not do sudden death. Yeah, but then you have to start over again. No, if you, you could say not, you go straight to the spot. It was literally one of the options you choose. You're like, are you sure? Or do you want to go straight to the rainbow spot? Like they gave you the option to skip sudden death. It was for an extra prize. Okay, well, that's that's absolutely not clear in how they worded the instructions. Because the first Maybe time I tried to do it, you too busy looking up at the ceiling while hitting A on the dialogue trees to not notice that the game was actually really well written. No. I don't know why that skipped your mind, but let's talk about shy guys because you no, literally hold on walk- a sec, hold on a sec. No, they no, give you the choice. No, do you want to no, skip it or not? No, no. I picked. I picked. I don't want to do sudden death the first time, and the 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 confirmation after that was like, "Are you sure? Because if you don't do this, you're not going to be able to get to the spot." Like, however it was worded, it was like, "Oh crap! I can't skip this if I want to do this. I have to do the sudden death." And I, you, you, we have to talk about this sudden death because a sudden death keys in on one of the things that you thought were great about this game, which was the music. Now there there are these music numbers throughout the game, but there's no words. Like there's there's no spoken words or sung words. It's all text. Yeah. And if you're not into that shit, right, you've experienced 10 or 12, like a dozen songs throughout the game up to this point. And in order to experience and remember those songs, you had to read words on the screen. What song did you get? Uh, Well, I got three, Kenny, because it took me three times to get through sudden death because I thought I had to play it and I had to wait until I guessed the right one. But anyways, what Kenny's getting to is that if you pick sudden death, which I thought you had to do, they're going to play a song for you. And again, playing is just they're going to play this music and put words on the screen and they're going to remove one of the words from the screen. 
And this, mm-hmm. this song may be something that you experience, like the tree song. It could be like 20 minutes into the game and you've been playing this now for 30 hours and you've just been mashing a through these fucking title screens just like get this text off the screen this is so irritating i don't care it's a stupid song it takes forever and they're just going to remove one word and you better guess what that word was and then they'll give you an a b c or d you have four choices i don't know what those fucking words were like who in the right mind is going to remember all of the lyrics to the songs they read on a screen over the course of 30 hours with like 3,000 other lines of text no one no one's going to remember that so that's that was the shy guys game it was fucking terrible so anyway i remember i didn't remember it either but i got all the context clues they give you and that was the desert with the fire thing and the word missing was fire based and i was like well that's obviously it Uh, i i got the boat one i remember that first and it was like because i could pick up on context clues matt oh let me uh, let me me tell you what i do let me let me Uh, tell you what uh Mr. The, the, what's the one you, the puzzle game by the braid guy? So this was, do you remember when the toad, you had to go and rescue the toad who was the ship captain, and then he takes you down the water to the other level? Well, let me talk. Let, let's, and he, and he sings I don't want to talk about that yet. I don't want to talk about that yet. But do you remember the song, Kenny? So the, the, no, I don't remember the song. The ship captain level. Well, I thought it was cute. He started singing, though. That was funny. It was. It was. But but do you remember whether the, he was called uh, a, a, a sailor, a captain, a sculler, or a toad? Like, do, do you remember which word of those four, If you, even if you understand the goddamn context, which word was supposed to be inserted in that lyric, that particular line? What was he, Kenny? Well, he wasn't a captain. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. So was he a sailor? He wasn't a sailor either. Was he a sculler? Uh, I don't remember them using the word sculler, so there'd just be a toad. Right. Yeah, no, it was sculler. The the answer was sculler, Kenny. I'm surprised you don't remember that context. You're really good at picking up on context. Obviously, you would have been able to get that one as the sudden death question, kill me, please. Well, here's the problem, Matt. Here's the problem with this whole thing. At that point, you weren't even enjoying anything about the game. So anything that they put you through would just multiply that. It's all just sort of... Uh, but for me, like I, I did every single square. I was literally down to the last square on shy guys finish last, which has a fucking hilarious theme song. And is like a bunch of shy guys in an arena. It's it's, and it, you go through this weird spa to get there that has all this really good dialogue with K mech. Who's like a classic mario villain it's the wizard on the broom and then he becomes like the what do they call him the uh, facilities guy like yeah, he's in the, charge of like cleaning up everything yeah he's the managed the, the manager so he guy. takes his broom which he's notorious for flying on and actually uses it to sweep things up which is one of those meta jokes that is really funny uh but and then you go into this dark room and like you don't know what it's going to be. You think it's going to be a boss fight. It says like one word on the sign and then it turns into this ridiculous like 60s game show. Now, the worst part of this game, uh, my least favorite part of this game was the fucking river. I thought the controls on the oh, riverboat yeah, was, was just awful. It was just like it was really hard to control. It worked better on the pro controller I found than it did on the uh handheld which made no sense to me considering that they're both just knobs uh it was gross so there's like a river arcadia river level where you're trying to dodge things but i hate games that use controls 
uh, I think we talked about this in other things, like where the controls get really bad, they get in your way. What was it? Uh, Outer Wilds. Like yeah, yeah. The, the gameplay is the bad controls. Like I hate that as a gameplay mechanic. And the, the riverboat was definitely like an Outer Wilds, Outer Wilds ship piloting mm-hmm. experience. Uh, man, I, I got some other things that I've saved here. Uh, you, want really talk, like, you want to talk about the Great Sea? Uh, no, the Great Sea just kind of reminds me of Wind Waker, but I can see why people wouldn't like that. I, I, it's like, it's big, it's expansive, it's slow. Like, it wasn't my favorite part of it. Um, so I can see why you wouldn't like that. Okay. You want to talk about um, uh, backtracking? You want to talk about backtracking in the game? Uh, you didn't have to do any backtracking in the game. Yeah, you did actually. You had to do a lot of it. Where did you have to do backtracking? Oh, let's see. There was there was one time where you had to go back to the Great Sea. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the time in which in order for you to get to the next part in the Great Sea, you had to travel to Toad Village, then hop on, you know, and, and here's what happens. The Captain Toad, who you rescued from an ice block, who has an old submarine that's being held in a museum in the Toad Town, tells this you, hey, great. meet me at my submarine. And you're like, okay, cool. So then you go back to the museum and you see the submarine, but the Captain Toad's not there. You're like, huh. So you use the stupid hint thing and Olivia pops up and says, maybe we should go out to the sea and follow where the streamer goes. And you're like, okay. So you head out into the sea and you follow where the streamer goes. And you're like, we can't see where the streamer goes. And you're like, this is weird. So then you go back and it's like, maybe we should venture into the fog. And you're like, Ugh. so then you go back out to the sea and you venture into the fog. And it's like, okay, we're in the fog, but we can't see. If only we had a vessel that could go underwater. Maybe we should go back. So then you go back to the museum and oh, there's the Captain Toad now and we can get into the sub and then you get in the sub and you go back to the fox. So like, what are you doing? That could have been done in one step and instead it took three, arguably four if you missed the first clue. Like I, that happened three or four times in this game and it usually happened with doors. So you'd come into a level and you'd see one, two, three, sometimes four doors and you know, one of your other characters would be up at the fifth door. And so you'd obviously, you'd try this first door and it'd be locked and be like, okay, I bet the rest are going to be locked. And then you'd go up to your character and you'd be like, cool character, what are we doing? They're like, well, we can't get through this door. Um, Let's go back and try this first door. And you're like, I literally just walked by five doors to get to where you were standing. So you could tell me to walk back to the first door to unlock the first door. And you go through the first door and then the story progresses. This happened a lot. The the, the door I mean, unlocking thing was just terrible. I could I could see why you wouldn't like that, and why it wouldn't like phase me because it's kind of a traditional JRPG thing. It's just like that's just a piece of it. Like when I think of backtracking, I think like going through whole areas. Uh, now Toad Town is like the hub town, so it's not really backtracking. It's like you go back to it constantly because it's like your hub. Like it's like that's not an that's not a like new thing in uh in uh video games to have a hub like that and it was relatively easy to get to once you unlock things so yeah because you walk you walk super fast as mario that's not you're not gingerly slowly walking around things with no run yeah there is no run in this game and the speed of mario was a little slow a little slow especially you know after you'd be in it for a while you're just trying to get through certain areas i mean I like this game. I found it super charming and exactly like the right attitude. Uh, I really like the story and the characters, uh, but it is not a flawless game. Like if you have no patience, which oddly enough, Matt Anderson, one of the most patient people I know has no patience for certain things. I I don't have patience for certain things. This game, this game is definitely like 
if you don't fall in love with the characters and like the look of it, like the sort of just being able to be a, a, a piece of it, uh, you're not going to go far. What? Like there's like a theme park that's all ninja themed. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, oh man. So <laughs> I mean, I obviously, so sometimes we try not to tell each other things and usually there's, there's two things that happen. Uh, one, we tell each other things and it's just like, we can't stop talking about how good a game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's just like, we can't wait for the podcast because we love video games so much, uh, that we like, just start, just start talking about it. Even though we kind of have an omerta kind yes. of thing, uh, that we loosely follow. Uh, the second thing that happens is one of us sends texts about the suffering that they're going through. <laughs> yes. Which, if you look through the podcast history, we generally like a lot of the same games. Yeah, we do. Uh, and we are a little more cautious when we're suffering to like not explain it. Like We're a little more vague, except there's one exception to this rule. When Matt hates a game... I fucking don't stop getting texts about how painful it is for him to play the fucking game. That's not, like, that's not entirely true. It's a specific like, type of pain. It, it's when like, there's almost no redeeming aspect of it for me. And it happens you know, like there, there are games in which they wear on me or even like you know, what turned out with the last of us too. Like I was, there was painful aspects of certain games where I feel like, okay, there's some redeeming qualities here. I like some things about it. I'm certainly going to play through to the end of it. It doesn't feel like, uh like super suffering and then there's games like this in which i feel like when is this like i hope this tutorial stops because if this tutorial doesn't stop i'm gonna have to play 30 hours of a tutorial and five hours in i'm still playing the tutorial and that's when i start to feel like kenny i'm gonna text you about this tutorial system and you're gonna keep getting texts about it because if it doesn't end like if you don't tell me right now that we should stop playing this game because i don't want to play 30 hours of a tutorial I, I hate you. And he won't tell me to stop. So I'll keep playing. And then here you go. Because Here's the result. Me, like the tutorial doesn't really, it does end. It just, it's, it's a different mindset. Like how, how, what the tutorial is and how you view it. Um, like you view like the, the puzzle solving thing as a tutorial kind of thing. Like, no, in the I, no, I don't. I, this is what I view as a tutorial. You Wait, play the I want to touch on one thing. I didn't Fine, get to you, finish my you can statement. Do it last. The tutorial sir, here. Sir, excuse me, sir. Imagine sir, you're at the last level. Sir, excuse me, sir. Of a 30 hour game. You've played it for 30 hours. You're at the last level. You walk Will up you to a big shut the hell door. up, man? Walk up, <laughs> quit your yapping. Um, you walk up <laughs> to the clown, door. I'm sorry. I mean, Matt. <laughs> You walk up to a door and there's a door and then there's a a Mario block on the left of it. And you've been playing this game for 30 hours. You walk up to the door first and you check the door and it's locked. And your little helper says, oh, the door is locked. Maybe there's something we can hit around here to find a key. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's that level of childishness and handholding that was persistent throughout this game that never went away ever. Coming back to it, uh, Matt, when he really doesn't like a game, which is rare, it's rare that it happens, and it's usually the games I've chosen. <laughs> That's not true either, but continue. It's generally the games. I'd say, like, percentage-wise, I get these texts that adult gamer Matt sends to me that are incredibly passive-aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. They're just like, they're just like, well, finally fucking finished it. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, man. How was your day? Yeah. And I get it. Like, I know that you're not enjoying it, but here we are. I mean, it's it, it, hopefully it created a great podcast episode. I'm really sorry. I if you've played Nintendo games before, uh, this is a this is a really enjoyable one. It is slow a lot. Uh, it is sometimes really uh, challenging unnecessarily, like Matt said, like the some of the back and forth, but the amount of charm and like joyful moments in this game, I felt completely uh, were completely valuable. Like there's a whole sequence at the end where you're, you're, it's an assault on a castle. You get in a big gun, you crash land. It's really just like, it ends really well. There's an origami castle. That's really neat and has a lot of really interesting puzzles to solve. I felt like it just really built well to its climax. And I just loved all the characters I ran into uh, and all the dialogue in it was just so pithy. I just really loved it. I I I don't know if I could like recommend this game to Matts who apparently just want fucking actions per second, um, like monsters, uh, who won't play Dark Souls for some reason. If you want a game without tutorials, man, I mean, just fucking learn Dark Souls, and there you go. It's like the from every single episode you describe something, you're I just like what? Just drink the Kool Aid, Matt. Just spend some time. And you'll be you'll be glued. It's exactly what you want. You don't want to be handheld. You want to be an adult. You play Dark Souls like a man. Well, I think. And with that, oh, I'm sorry. Think, oh, it's the end of the podcast. Sorry, think, no more opinions. I think this game looks. Excuse me. Great, sir. You agreed to the rules of this podcast. You agreed to the rules of this podcast. And I think the ending was awesome. Like I think they did a really great job from a story standpoint. I think the way they tied everything that you for me that I suffered through how they tied it all together with uh, the story and how I felt about the characters in the end. I thought that was really well done. And, you know, I had a moment of like, Oh, that was a really good ending. Like they did a really great job with that. Um, and then, yeah, everything else. I think like, I would say if this is a good example of a, of a Nintendo game, I can just say, why have you been playing all those other Nintendo games then? Because this one's pretty bad too. This wasn't the strongest Nintendo game. Okay. I mean, well, you know, you know. played Luigi's mansion. Yeah. And that like, was so that was really surprisingly fun. good. Yeah. Even though that also had a lot of tutorials. Well, it did, but not forever. They ended yeah. at some point. Yeah, you can play Breath of the Wild. There's zero tutorials in that. There's like three. You might like that. Maybe. Hey, Matt. Hey, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Thanks for, pl- thanks for playing this game. You're welcome. Uh, I guess we'll play like a Forza next or something. No, I would never ask you to do that. <laughs> I'd do it. I wouldn't ask you to. Why? Because... That's not your type of game. Well, you you don't know. I've never really done one of those games before. Uh, I mean, I'd never really done a Paper Mario, but I had some <laughs> I had some intuition about it. It could have been your kind of game. Maybe it could have been, but you know, it's not. Nope. And with that, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Thanks as always. Another another joyous podcast from your two friends. Speaking of which, a little segue. I was on YouTube watching like a bunch of different YouTuber. Uh, video gamers and it's always like two white dudes one straight man one like trying to get a serious point with like really good insight one just being a jackass which is obviously you in this podcast weird uh 
And it was like, there was like three of them. And I just hated this podcast even more. So thank <laughs> you so much for listening. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you have a, a lovely day. Uh, this is the Chips and Bits podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is Matthew Anderson. And I'm Kenny Myers. And we wish you a lovely day. Can't believe you missed the, the drop opportunity there. What drop opportunity? When I was saying my name, you had a full drop opportunity with your new fancy tools. I only have drums and ballpark. It's close enough. Oh, well, I'm not going to do it. I need a beep, like a like a curse beep. Mm. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'll just find some obnoxious sounds and upload them. Okay. Like, like Adam Sandler character quotes from <laughs> Adam Sandler. You all have something to look forward to next month. <laughs> Rob Rob Lowe saying, you can do it! Like those 90s DJs that no longer exist. You're listening to Slam 47.4. Smash the like button. <laughs> with Danny and the Q. Okay. I'm done with this. Music! Music! <laughs>